are no longer You belong to God's family. Come on, this longing is universal. You see it in the world. People long to belong to something. It's universal. Regardless of who you are, it is built into you to want to belong. In Romans, in Romans uh, 1.6, it says this, You are among those who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm going to take a second and look at the word church. Where does that come from? And uh, once in a while, we say some things in church, and it sounds like Greek. Well, it is, okay? So I'm just going to tell you now, this is Greek. Ekklesia, okay? There's a word, ekklesia. It really, you know, it's all Greek to me. Well, you know, if you're reading the New Testament in its original form, it would be, okay? But ekklesia, here we go. It means, that's the word, that's the word that we use for church in the New Testament, right? But what does that mean? It comes from, there's a root word that's called kaleo. And kaleo has at its root meaning, it means called. So the church is a group of believers who are called out, right? It, it, it brings more meaning to the word church. Now, we've, we've, we've gone wrong here in, in some cases with the word church, okay? And I'm, and I'm not in, trying to write an indictment on anybody, but sometimes we have, we, we've taken the word church and we've turned it in the wrong direction and, and when you come here, you know, we say, this is the church. Well, no, these four walls are not the church. You are the church. So when we talk about the church, it should bring a deeper meaning, and it should bring this, this, this greater sense of, like, you know, even wanting to belong and to pull in and to draw in, because it's not just an event. It, it's not just a place where you go. It's not just a thing that you do, but it's a place where you belong. I belong to the church because I am called out. I'm a part of his family. Come on, he purposed to adopt me into his family. I'm a part of that family. Come on, what, what that does is it, is, is it goes a little bit beyond and it gives you a, a relationship. It gives you that connection. It gives you an association. It's a covenant between people that we come together in his name. It's not an event or, you know, if you ask people, what's church? They're like, well, you know, I go, it's, I guess church is a place where we go and we go on Sunday. No, no. You can, you can give them a new meaning and blow their mind. You go, what's church to you? Hey, it's a place where I belong because it's a family that I belong to. It's not just a building that I drive through and I go to on Sunday and go out and maybe once other during the week, but it's a, it's, it's a group that I belong to. It's God's family that I belong to. Come on here. I want to give you some benefits this morning, and this is really what we're going to talk about. So you're called to belong but how many knows when he calls you, or call, you're created to belong. I have the wrong thing written in my notes. So you're created to belong, to belong. There's benefits. Come on. God has benefits for you. Amen? Yeah. Well, we talked about that last year. It was really great. Well, there's his benefits. There's a lot of benefits. But there's benefits. There's major benefits um, to belonging. And there's five. The, the, the Bible lays it out in five different metaphors. And we're going to talk about those this morning. The first is the, the church is called, uh, is called the family, the church is called a temple, the church is called a body, church is called a flock. If you're trying to write all these down, don't worry, we are going to come back to them. Because I, I see a couple of you going, can you slow down on that one? I missed, I'm at two. I lost them. No. Um, but the church is called the family, the, fl- the body, the flock, and a garden. 
the first metaphor that, that Christ really talks about, he says, he calls it a family. God doesn't want his children to be orphans. He doesn't want them to be street kids. Come on, he wants kids who are growing up and healthy and growing together, right? And here's the thing, it says, in a healthy family, in a healthy family, now some of you, and I know we all have different paths, amen? We've all gone through a lot of different things. In a healthy family, you really do learn your identity. You are helped to be taught your identity. When you have a set of loving parents, that's what happens as you go through that. Now, some of you, that may not have happened, but I'm gonna, I got some good news for you here in a minute. So the first, the first benefit here in God, or the first uh, uh, benefit is, in God's family, I learn my identity. There's no family in the world that's going to teach you your identity, true identity. You learn your identity, but your true identity doesn't actually come from your family. Your true identity doesn't come from the world. Your true identity doesn't come from how many Facebook followers, how many people retweet your tweets that you send out, right? That's not your identity. It doesn't come from that. They can't give you that identity. Your true identity can only come from the relationship that you have in the family of God because he's called you to belong to that. That's where you're going to find your best identity. That's where it's going to be the most meaningful. And here's the thing, you know, and, and some people say, well, I really don't, you know, feel like I'm one of those people that wants to really belong. Okay, let me ask you what kind of shoes you wear. Is there a brand you like? Some of you guys like Nike? Okay. Some of you gals, things, uh, words like Gucci, Louis Vuitton, anything in there? Some people like that. Some people strive to find those specific things. Why? Because it gives them a sense of belonging, right? There was, there was, a, there was a, a gentleman who created um, a whole clothing line called FUBU. Why? Because he wanted a sense of, why? He went, she's over here laughing like, how do you know FUBU? What, really? You got to be kidding me, man. No, but FUBU, what was his, his goal was, it was really to identify people, right? Because he, he wanted people to bond that way. It was, you know, again, what, what for us, by us, right? FUBU. It was, it was my creation. This is, we're going to identify together. That's why people get into brands, right? You get, you get into these branding, you know, and I'm, and I'm really going to step on some toes because there's a few people here who like it, but you know, I grew up a PC guy. I love my PC. And so I think Mac people are weird, but people who love Macs love their Mac, right? I mean, they own everything Mac, you know, I mean, they've got like, you know, they got eye everything. They got eye shoes, eye pants, eye hats, eye pods, whatever. You can buy anything. And you laugh, but you can, like, hook anything up to your iPod now, right? I mean, like, you know, you can plug in a T-shirt, and all of a sudden it goes to your, I don't know. But they got, you can do all of these things, right? Because it's a sense of belonging. It pulls you into it. It draws you into that connection, that family. That's why people do that. So, but the reality is, is most of your identity, honestly, it comes through relationship. That's where a true identity is going to come from is relationship. Where's that relationship going to come from? The church. I myself, here's my identity. It comes from my relationships I have. I'm a son. I'm a father. You know, I'm, I'm a pastor. Um, I'm an uncle. I'm a nephew. I'm all of these things. These are my relationships within my own family. And here's the thing, though, is sometimes you get wrapped up in the wrong relationship or the wrong thing that gains your identity. Because what happens is, is when one of those things gets cut down, all of a sudden you lose your identity. Say you've been married to someone 20 years and all of a sudden the two of you can no longer just figure out how this thing's going to work and you go your separate way. You find yourself sitting there going, who am I? I, do, I, don't, I don't know. My identity has been wrapped up in this one person for so I don't know who that is. I don't know who I am. You know, 
uh, if you've been in a job for a really long time. When you start to draw your identity from that job and all of a sudden there's massive layoffs going on and, you know, we see what happened even in the last five years. All of these companies, people are just getting laid out. What happened? A lot of people's identities got lost because they were tied to the job. They didn't have a purpose beyond the job. And they're lost. Who am I? Maybe it was. Maybe your family was one of those that was dysfunctional, that was broken. Maybe you didn't get a sense of identity. Maybe you had a bad upbringing. But I do have some good news. Here's your good news right here. Ephesians 2.19 says this. You are member, a member of God's very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. It is the only family that's out there that will ever be permanent. Amen? In this world, your family is not permanent. Come on, I love my family, but my bond with my sister, it is strong, but it's not as strong as it used to be. Why? Because she moved to Australia. We don't have as close of a connection, and I blame her for a lot of things that I have to deal with my parents now. I'm just saying. That's really hurt our, our relationship now. But no, but here's the thing is, is we're long, th- that's going to happen. People are going to get married. You're going to move. Things are going to happen. Relatives are going to die. All of that goes away. But there's one family that never changes from beginning to end. It's God's family. Amen. Best place to find your identity. Second metaphor here. I want you to, I want you to think about this. Actually, I probably, I don't know, is that Acts 2 scripture up there? Did I put that one in there? I did. Okay, we're going to read that real quick. To those who believe, right, here we go. Oh, yeah, that's very important. This is very, very important. <laughs> I would be remiss if I missed this part. I'm sorry. But here's the thing. So, you know, you kind of look at why, why do people do things, right? Again, we talk about brands and people mark themselves. It's an identity. Kids that find themselves in gangs, you know what they do? They go and they get a tattoo. And what is that tattoo usually? It's a symbol of that gang. It's an outward mark that says, I belong here. You know, I've been watching that show. There's a show on one of those crime channels, Gangland or whatever. And you see all of these guys have their own tattoos. And the very first thing you have to do when you, you know, you have to prove yourself. And once you prove your medal, you get the mark. Did you know that we have a tattoo parlor right here in the church? Yeah. Some of you are like, really? When can I sign up? That, not that kind of tattoo. We have a tattoo in the family of God. There is a tattoo parlor. It's right here. It's called baptism. It's right in these waters. It's an outward sign that you mark yourself now that you belong to the family of God. I'm making an outward sign. I'm making an outward mark to say that, hey, this is my family right here. It's happening. I'm starting right here. You want to see it? You want to know who I am? Come watch me. I'm getting baptized. That's who I am. I belong to this family. Second metaphor, the church is called a temple. Come on, the church is called a temple, and like, like, like a building that's built, it, it is a building that's built, but for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, it says, don't you realize that uh, all of you together are the temple of God, and his spirit lives in you? Amen? Come on, that's pretty cool. I love this. So, so you know, when we built this building, I don't know, 50, almost 14 years ago, how many of you were here when we built this? Okay, how many of you remember the first service? And we're sitting here, and there's piles of stuff everywhere. The building was not complete. There was, there was piles of drywall, and there were beams, and there were pipes, and there was stuff laying all over the place. It amazed me. It took thousands of parts to put this thing, this building together that we call our church building. It took all of these parts fitting together perfectly. Anything that was cut too short, any piece that's too long is not going to work because it doesn't quite fit. But they all have their own unique place, right? So as you're sitting here, I want, to, I want you to think about this for a second. Just because you're in the building 
doesn't necessarily mean you're a part of the family. Because that pile of drywall was not a part of the building. It was just a pile of drywall. And all of the studs that were laying around it, they weren't connected yet. They were separated. They're there, but they're not a part of yet. So that happens to us in church, right? Sometimes we do that. We find ourselves in, but not connected, not a part of. So in God's temple, I am supported by others. Ephesians 2.21 says, In Christ, the whole building is joined together and and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in him, uh, uh, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Here's the point. In a building, a disconnected frame or part has no support and no stability. A building that is not put together. If you look above you, you've got these gigantic beams. If we just lean those things together, the first good wind we have is going to fall apart. But the fact that they're connected together makes them strong. Just because you lean against each other, it doesn't mean that, but they're connected. It's a, there's, there's a deeper thing. Now, how many of you know the purpose for Lego? Somebody tell me the purpose for Lego. Connect. Wrong. You know what the purpose of Lego is? The purpose of Lego, no, I'm just kidding. The purpose of Lego is, I think, honestly, to test your Christianity. Because at 2 in the morning, when you walk through your house and you step on one of the sharpest things known to man, what is coming out of your mouth, right? Is it, thank you, Jesus, or is it, I'm going to repent tomorrow? No, anyway. (laughs) But no, Lego, Lego is meant to connect. It really is. Lego is meant to connect in both directions, right? Both top and bottom. It's meant to go. If you take Legos and just stack them together, they're going to fall over very easily. Why? Because they're not connected. You don't connect them. All you have is a pile of plastic that you will find around your house. Daniel loves Legos. And I'm telling you, I'm finding Legos in weird spots. It's just all over the house. But Legos do that, okay? But they're meant to, you're meant to be connected. You're created for connection. And really, those connections are, when you do that and you put those, you can put together some pretty cool things. If you've ever been to the Mall of America, there's like this Lego land down there. They built an entire VW bug out of Legos that can actually has a steering wheel and turning wheels with Legos. You can do some amazing things when you're connected. You take all that apart. It's just a big, ugly pile of plastic that you're not sure what to do with. You take that to New York, you could probably sell that as art for like millions. It's just... This is what I call chaos. Anyway. <laughs> Come on. In Romans 1.12, it says, if you want to help each other with the faith that we have, then your faith will help me and my faith will help you. Come on. That's, that's, it starts, you know how we start that here? We start that with disciples. You guys just missed it. It starts together. It's a point where we all can stand together and walk together and go forward. It's disciples. That's what we do here. Um, you just missed it by like a day. Anyway, so yeah, next one's coming up in April. I encourage you to sign up for that if you haven't done it. The third, the third metaphor that, that, really, uh, that uh, Christ calls the church is called a body. We're all different parts, right? But we're connected um, really to complete each other so that the whole body can function. 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 12, 27 says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You're all together. You know, it's, it's amazing. The body has like, I don't know how, how many parts. Like Sarah could probably tell you all the bones, and there's like thousands of parts put, put in the same. But in, in your ear, 
Okay, it takes all of your body to function properly. But in your ear, there's this bone. And it's the tiniest bone in your entire body. And it sits right back here in your ear. And if that bone has a problem, your entire body knows it. Because that bone is responsible for hearing. That bone is responsible for balance. That bone is responsible for a lot of important things. But without that bone, the rest of the parts are not going to function correctly. The same thing happens. In the body of Christ, I discover my unique value. I discover what it is that God has for me. Come on, there's five, there's five truths of this. There's many parts in the body, right? We're all different. We're all unique. God has designed us that way. If you look to your left, you look to your right, you're going to see somebody that looks different from you, smells different from you, different height, different hair, everything, right? We're all different. We're created different. Or no hair, I heard. Somewhere I heard a no hair. <laughs> Actually, Deb's got it pretty easy. You look both ways and go, well. Mm. Everyone, everyone's needed to, here we go. The second truth is everyone is needed. Everyone is needed to make up an entire body, make it complete. The third truth, um, we all have work to do. Amen? So, I mean, if all of your body but one leg decides to go do something, you're not going to do it very well. You've sat down long enough where one leg just goes straight asleep and you're like, I really need to go there. But this leg is not doing what its function is supposed to be. But we all have work to do. Fourthly, we belong to each other. Come on, we belong to the body, but we belong to each other. We just read, your faith increases mine and my faith increases yours. It takes both of us working both ways for this thing to to work correctly. Number five, here we go, the fifth truth to this thing. Uh, we all need each other, which is, you know, we belong to each other, but we also need each other. It would really be weird, you know, if you, well, if you have an eyeball that's detached, that eyeball is not going to do anything on its own. You're not going to see anything out of that eye. It's not going to be like Toy Story where the potato takes his eye and his hand off and says, here, you play cards for me. I got to go out with the missus, right? It doesn't work that way. They can't keep going on its own, right? That's a great movie. Anyway. If I'm not talking about Matrix, I'll talk about Toy Story. You'll hear one of the two. I'm telling you right now. Here we go. Uh, Ephesians 4 says this. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. Here's the thing. A disconnected body part dies. I used to watch the show Friends a lot, and there's the, the one guy cut off part of his pinky toe. And the very, very first thing that they did is they tried to put it on ice to preserve whatever life was left because there was a race against the clock to reattach this thing to his foot because just separated from the body, it can only live for so long and then it dies off because that extra support, that life support that, that, that'll keep it going just disappears. Fourth metaphor of the church is a flock. Now, some of you are like, I've been around sheep. They smell. But here we go. We're like a group of sheep. We're banded together for safety. Psalms 100 verse 3 says this. It says, uh, God made us. And we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. How many of you have ever been on a farm? Now, some of you have been on a farm. Come on, Emma's, yeah, we're okay, right around here, Nebraska. If you haven't been on a farm, drive five minutes out of town. But you'll find one, okay, and in some cases in town. But I don't know if you've ever been around sheep. Here's the thing with sheep, right? You know, you're kind of looking at them like, okay, those are, those are the things that they just like shave, and that's where we get, you know, some of our wool and stuff like that. That just seems weird. But here's the thing I want to read to you real quick from Psalm 23, um, a little about, more about sheep. Because the Lord is my shepherd. This is, this is, love this scripture. Because the Lord is my shepherd, 
I have everything that I need. Starting to sound better to be a sheep, right? You know, he lets me rest in the meadows, uh, the meadow grass. He leads me beside quiet streams. He gives me new strength. He helps me to do what honors him most. Even walking through the darkest valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me, guarding me, guiding me all of the way. Come on, more intriguing to be a sheep. You provided delicious food for me in the presence of enemies. You have welcomed me as a guest. Blessings overflow. Come on, it's not just a visitor. You know, there's a very distinct difference between a visitor and a guest. A visitor is someone you don't expect to ever see again. A guest is someone you invite in. When somebody just comes by on, you know, unannounced and they knock on the door like, hey, and you're like, oh, I don't have time for this. That's a visitor. <laughs> but if I call you and say, hey, you guys want to come over for dinner tonight? That's a guest because I'm inviting you to where I am. And he's done that with you, right? So it says, your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all of my life. And afterwards, I will live with you forever in your home. John 10, he follows up. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. But a hired hand will run away because he doesn't care for the sheep. He cares about a paycheck. But come on, God is the good shepherd. And in the middle of a fight, in the midst of trouble, he doesn't run away. He runs towards. You know, but I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And I lay down my life for them. Come on. Um, and can you hear it? I mean, you can hear protection. And being cared for. So in God's flock, I'm protected and I'm cared for. That's why he uses the metaphor of sheep. Well, sometimes you look at sheep and go, don't they just seem, you know, a little weird? No, because what they are, they are honestly, it's, it's, it's probably one of the most innocent animals. It has zero, like, defense. It, it doesn't have, like, a fighter. It doesn't have that defense mechanism built in when there's trouble. That's why a shepherd has to stand over and watch over them and say, hey, I'm helping here. I'm he- I want to make sure that, that I'm keeping an eye on the lion. I know that there's something over there. And you have them to protect and to care for. And there's two kinds of people that care for me. First are your pastors. One in the Bible, the word for pastor is called a shepherd. I want to tell you, this is one of the most scary scriptures in the entirety of the Bible deals with what we do. And it's all actually more of him because he's the senior pastor, so I don't have to worry as much. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> we're all over you. We're all to protect. It says, 1 Peter 5.2 says this, Take care of God's flock, his people, that you are responsible for. Whoa. Watch over them because you want to, not because you're forced to. Come on, we don't do this because we're forced to. We do this because we want to. The Lord has called us into doing this. This is, this is something we want to do, but it's very scary because here's the thing. We're responsible for what we feed you. If I feed you in the wrong direction, guess what I get to answer for someday? Hey, you remember that time when we went down this? Yeah, why did you do that? Uh, you know, but it's a scary thing. But here's the thing. But the other thing is, is who else is here to take care of you? A small group. If you're a part of a small group, there's a deeper bond, a deeper relationship. You can help take care of each other. That goes back to my faith helps you. Your faith helps me. But how do you do that if you're not connected and you're not in? And, and that's why we have a small group ministry here. Come on, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, encourage each other and give each other strength. Who's looking out for you? Come on, you need a brother and a sister. When everybody else is running away, you need somebody that's going to run in. They're like the firefighters of your life. 
When peril happens, firefighters are running in head on. Everybody else is running out. Fifth metaphor. We're going to end. The fifth metaphor is a garden. Well, in a minute, we'll look at you guys. It's a garden. He says you're a vineyard. It's a very organic metaphor, right? Like how, how, does, how does a garden start? It starts from the very beginning when you take a seed and you plant it in the ground. And then you water it and you nurture it and it continues to grow a little bit at a time as it's being taken care of. So in God's garden, my life becomes productive. Because as a seed, you're not productive yet. But as you grow, as you grow, you start to produce a a, a way to bear fruit. And as you continue to grow, you start to bear fruit. And those around you then are affected by that. Come on. Even flowers, you know, you think about flowers and bees and all that. They all work together, right? Because if, if these are not, if something doesn't flower, there's no pollen that can get mixed around, which means nothing else can grow. So if you're not being productive, the things around you can't grow. So a disconnected, I want you to think about this, a disconnected branch can't grow fruit, Right? If you come in and you you go to an apple tree that's been bearing a lot of fruit off this limb and you cut that limb off and just lay it on the ground, what's going to happen? It's going to die. The fruit that's on it's going to rot off. The leaves are going to wither, and it's just going to become this dead branch laying there. Why? Because it's not connected anymore. You know, uh, um, I want you to think about this for a second. In John 15, 4 and 5, it says this, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful apart from me i am the vine you are the branches come on the vine is the source of life in any plant the vine the stem the stalk that middle thing is the source of life for the branches if you're not connected to that you lose that so those who remain in me and i in them will produce much fruit but apart from me you can do nothing Come on, if connected, I have a life-giving energy that is flowing through me. So in a church, let me tell you this. We just talked about five metaphors. What are those five metaphors? They are five needs that you have, that every single one of us has. They are met in a church. First, it's your identity. Come on. And I'm not talking, again, when I say in a church, I'm not just talking to four walls. I'm talking the body, the family of God. In a church, you find your identity. Come on, in the temple, you find your stability. In the place that is fit together, put together, working together in, in God's name, it's, it's a place that brings stability. Come on, you find, thirdly, you find, yourself with, uh, you find yourself in God's body, which really brings you your capacity. It brings you out to see what your value is, what your peace is. What is that thing that, that makes you a part of the belong? We need all of us because we can't do all this alone. If Pastor Solo and I tried to carry this entire thing, it's not going to work. Now, we can stand up here and give a good lecture. But you know what? There's got to be other things that happen outside of right here. It happens in connections through small groups. It happens in, and he mentioned all the people who volunteer and do things outside of here and take care of different parts of the building and and just, you know, all of, all of these little things that we don't ever see that happen during the week, and you come in and it's just done. Why? Because everybody's playing their part. Come on, our fourth thing that we look for is security. That's why we're a part of a flock. Our shepherd takes care of us. He, care, he protects us when we're together. Now, you know why, why the shepherd left the 99 and went for the one? Because the one by itself is a lot more vulnerable. 
if you got 98 others around you, that's going to be probably a little more scary to a predator. There's fish that do that. I don't know if you've ever seen that. There are these little fish, but they swim in massive schools, and they swim in such a way to actually fend off sharks. And they take light, and they turn their bodies, and what it does is it reflects, and all of a sudden, these little fish look like a very massive being, and a shark goes, I'm probably not going to mess with that. I'm going to go to that thing that's by itself over here. So together, there's a security, you know, when you have someone watching over you, but when you're also watching each other. And what does that lead to? You put all of those things together. As you grow in that, it makes you productive. Amen? Let me put it to you this way. To fulfill your calling in life, to fulfill that purpose that you have in life, you need first the power to live on, secondly the power or the people to live with, principles to live by, a plan to live out, and a purpose to live for. Amen? Where else are you going to find that, though? Where can you find that and walk in and find all five of those things in this world? Nowhere but the family of God. Nowhere but the church. I'm going to close on this. So if you guys want to, well, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to worship here in a moment. I didn't key her very well. That was my fault. I, was, I didn't tell her. I'm like, by the way, when I say this, please come up. So anyway, I want to close. I want to close with this two thoughts for you guys. Maybe, you know, we've talked about there's, there's those who are in but not a part of. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's someone who's been coming. Uh, maybe you've been looking in, in, in multiple places. You've looked at other churches. You've tried to just figure this thing out. Maybe you're not connected. I want to speak to you for a minute. You attend, but you don't belong. You know, here's the thing. Maybe you have family around, but maybe you don't. Maybe there's family far away. Maybe you've had a bad family. Maybe there's just those kind of things that don't help you feel connected and unsupported. But here's the thing. I want to tell you, in this church, in the church, you do belong. Okay? We want you here. Believe it or not, we want you here. Now, some of you looked at yourself in the mirror and go, the morning, this morning went, I don't know anybody wants to be there. No, we want you here. Come on, I should never, we should never reject that which God wants for everyone. We can't do that. You know, maybe, maybe you have been trying your whole life just to belong. You've never felt like, regardless, you're wanted here. But how do you do that? How do you connect? It starts with our, it starts with a relationship with Him. When it goes beyond that, we gotta get our mark. We need to run to the tattoo parlor. I think the next time we have a water baptism service, can we call it a tattoo service? Uh, probably not. Okay. So I, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to I'm going to get those little water put on tattoos for everybody that comes in. I'll put one on you next. No. But you start. You get baptized. Come on. You get you get saved. You get baptized. You even in our church with me. You come. You do things like the disciple seminar. Why? Because it helps you connect. It helps you to understand. It helps us to grow together. And then get connected with a small group. Because you need to be planted in your church. And that's the best way to do it. But here we go. Maybe you're already members. Maybe you're someone who has been at this church for a while and you've joined. And, you know, as we go along, sometimes we, and I've done this. I mean, you know, not that I'm that old, but I've been in church a long time. But sometimes you just kind of come and go and you just get a little old and crusty, right? We do that. You're just like, all right, well, I'm going to church again. You know, it happens from time to time. 
But what I would encourage you to do is to fall in love with the church again. Because we become disillusioned sometimes by this, but we need to fall in love with the church. We need to fall in love with his family. We need to fall in love with him again. Amen? It's our hope for the world. It's the only thing on this earth that is going to last is his family, the church. So why not invest your time and your love in that? So I want to read it. I want to add a final scripture for you. It says, glory belongs to God in the church and in Christ Jesus all the time and eternity. We should never talk bad about the church because it's his glory through Christ Jesus. It's not us. It has nothing to do with the, the pastors here that we're leading this. No, it's all his glory. It's about him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray this morning. And I, and I, and I have a couple things for you. First, I just want to pray. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I, I, I thank you for this time in your word. God, that, um, Lord, we do truly belong. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you have a place that you've ordained for us. Father, that you have a family, the structure that you have put into place so that we could belong. We have a yearning that is inside of us from the very get-go to belong. <laughs> Father, sometimes we put that belong and we aim it in the wrong place and we look in the wrong direction. But Father, let us turn our eyes to you. Lord, let us look to you to find that belong. I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for, for those maybe who haven't found uh, a home yet that they call their home church. Father, I pray that if it's this place, Lord, let this be the place. But Lord, show them the right place so that they can be planted. Father, that's my concern, is to watch somebody be productive for you. More than anything, Father, I want to see that. And Father, those of us who have been in the church a long time, and we are members of this church, help us just to fall in love with your church again. Father, help us to fall in love with your family again, oh God. I thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. I want you guys just to keep your, your eyes closed and your heads bowed for a moment. And it all starts, what I say, it all starts with one very key, important step. And it's having a relationship with Christ. It's, it's, it's inviting Him into your life. And it's taking a hold of that love you were created for. And if that's you today, if you've never had a relationship with Him, and say, you know what, today is the day. Come on, I love this thing about family. I felt like I haven't had a family. I felt disconnected. I need to start in the family, in the right family today. If it's you, if you've never accepted him and today is the day, I want you to raise your hand. Nobody's going to be looking around because, you know, this is with you and God at the moment. I'm going to be looking so I know to pray for you. But if that's you today, if you've never had a relationship with him, I'm going to give you just a minute and I'll, I'll acknowledge you. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right. Come on. Praise God. All right. I'll have everybody. Let's let's raise our head. Let's stand up. And we're gonna we're gonna really take some time to worship this morning. Um, and and just